Welcome to the Barebow Project Podcast, developing fundamental skills for barebow archers and bringing the excitement of barebow competitive archery to you through the lens of some of the best archers and coaches in the world. guys welcome to the bearball project in this episode we are going to talk about the outdoor versus the indoor setup and approach to bearball archery meeting with john dillinger as you guys well know the winner of last year's classic the winner of vegas um the winner of the u.s open for outdoor target nationals john had a good year you know john took it upon himself to go through your questions to try to answer specific questions that are relative to the season or the time, time of year that we are in. So that's what we're going to do in this episode is we're going to go through um, and talk about the outdoor versus indoor game. Likewise, special thank you to our sponsors, Yoast Archery Products, Jaeger Archery Products, and Excess Wings. We have a few others coming. Please be on the lookout for that. And uh, we will definitely get um, some discount codes and other opportunities and giveaways for you guys coming down the pipeline so thanks again and enjoy the show the barebow project is having a special little series once a month um and this gentleman i use that term very loosely is <laughs> our first person our first guest our first uh, content area expert i don't know what you want to call it um mr john dillinger is here for the first episode volume whatever of answering your barebow questions so i had put a post out there a year ago a year ago um this month when we first started this whole thing and it was like if you have barebow questions blah 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 blah, blah. actually i was trying to find it i have to search for it barebow questions um i was I put it out there and it just, the post just blew up. And I, I, I had at one point moved it off of the, off of the announcements at the top because there was just so many. And then I put it back up there and now I can't find it at the moment. Um, because there's just so many questions. And to be honest, what we found is that as we would do episodes, as you've been on like a billion times, we we go long-winded and we talk about everything and all kinds of stuff and then we never really get to to really dive into questions so these are short shorter specific podcasts that we want to concentrate on listener questions and and pertinent items to maybe the season we're in etc so why don't you tell everybody john what what topic you chose to discuss well, since we're coming off of uh, outdoor season or outdoor target shooting to indoors, 
I kind of wanted to cover the question of what tuning differences and what form or shot differences there are coming from outdoors to shooting indoors. Um, and this is just for me, it may not work for everybody, but as far as like uh, tuning the bow, I shoot basically the same poundage. I'll shoot anywhere, indoors and outdoors, anywhere from like 38 pounds to about 41 pounds. And the reason why I shoot that poundage is, for me, it's a, it's a cleaner release than if I drop my bow weight. Um, it's, it's a cleaner release and it's just not too much because, you know, both of those, you shoot a lot of arrows. So it's to avoid injury where I've shot more poundage before I've shot up to like 46 pounds and I've, my elbow takes a pounding and my shoulder starts taking a pounding. So I've kind of, I've backed that off the last couple of years to like 38 pounds indoors and like maybe no more than 40 outdoors. Um, as far as weight on the riser, it's, it's about the same. I added a little bit for the U.S. Open and Target Nationals, um, just maybe three or four, five ounces. I can't remember what it was. It was just one of the side plates for the, the Hoyt riser. Um, just to help combat wind a little bit, which we, we always have wind. I mean, that's the one variable that's, you know, different. You get rain and wind and weather and things like that when you shoot outdoors, of course. But as far as my, my riser and limbs, basically the same thing. I usually drop my knock height, you know, just to get the tune for 50 meters. And that's the tricky part is shooting an arrow and shooting a bow weight where you can get that 50 meters point on or somewhere close to it that's manageable and a good tune. For me, the biggest difference is arrows, um, which I have some numbers here. So, which is, you're gonna find this interesting when I'm done, which I, uh, I figured front of center, but for like what I shot at Outdoor Nationals is just the Victory VAP. Um, it was about 29, and a, 29 inches long. The arrow, total weight of the arrow is 310 grains. Um, I shot 140s up front. I currently have 120s in these, but um, 500 spine, and they just they seem to to group really good. Um, so a lot of guys will shoot something similar to this. I think anything over a 300 grain arrow is is pretty good for outdoors. You don't want to go too light, um, but the wind really affects it. Um, front of center on this AMO front of center was 17%. So, and what I found was all my indoors, outdoors, everything is 16 to 18% front of center. So it's, I thought that was kind of odd, you know, even for, for indoors. And that's just by chance that it, that's just where I find a good tune. So I thought that was interesting. I mean, um, but that's that's pretty much my outdoor arrow. These veins I just had on there for this year, and I just left them on there. Typically a light vein in the back, um, nothing too big. Um, I think these are the case spins. I don't know yeah, if you've ever seen the break. We were talking about that when we shot these the are, Nationals. You're yeah. like, well, I found these. I don't know. I'm shooting <laughs> and they work great. So I don't. I didn't want to refletch them. Yeah. And I had no contact issues, so I just shot them. And they seem to work pretty good. They're super light. Um, they're actually a, I don't know, it's, it's, they're, they're kind of neat. They're almost like they're working like stiff. They're, they're a stiffer vein. 
compared to the uh, XS wings that we shoot, I noticed. And they're older. They're an older brand, right? They are. I think they're out of Japan. Um, a lot of Olympic Greek shooters used to shoot them. I just have a bunch of them, and they were on the arrows. So. Hey, if they work, they work. They work. Um, for indoors, I got a couple of different arrows that I shot the last couple of years. The VXTs, which I shot in Vegas and Lancaster. Um, these are 450 spine and about 30 and a half inches long. I got so I got to get my hands on some of those to try for indoor. I went back to shooting the fat shafts again, the Black Eagle PS 23s, but yeah. I have not shot those yet. I'll have to I have to get myself some. They're they're different. They're a tapered shaft, um, which I cut off the front of these because they're 450 spine. They were a little bit stiff. I mean, a little bit. Sorry, actually these. When you cut off the front, it doesn't really change the spine. It's when you cut off the back, it makes them stiffer a lot faster. Mm. So if you cut off the front, it really doesn't change the spine. It just kind of changes how the arrow acts a little bit, kind of changes your point on a little bit, and things like that. But um, 150 grain points, the VXT points, and then I'm just shooting the, the Vane Tech. Um, I can't remember exactly. The VMAX. X-Wings, X-Wings. No, they're they're actually a Vantex V Max is what they're called. Uh, I can't remember they're two and a half inch or whatever, but that's what I shot at Vegas and Lancaster. So they're actually a vein. They're a glue on. I just I don't know. I hate messing with tape on veins anymore. I'm getting lazy. <laughs> you do you ever have any contact issues? You know, it's contact issues. You just once you get the tune, you no. don't touch it. And I'll check it. I'll do the foot powder spray just to double check. Um, when I come up with a tune, just spray a little bit of that on there and I look for, I'll just spray down on the side of the shaft with the plunger and I'll just look for contact there just to, just to make sure, because I don't want that incidental contact and I'll shoot it a few times just to make sure. Um, but I'm finding with these, you get a lot more clearance issues cause they are a tapered shaft. Um, so I really like them and they're, uh, they come in at 412 grains. So, you know, there's always the, the argument of are the bigger shafts better, smaller shafts. These are actually a 166 arrow that are kind of just fatter on the one end. Um, I've shot both, and I feel like I'm more consistent with a thinner arrow, with a smaller diameter arrow. I've shot higher scores with the fat arrow, but I feel like I'm more consistent with a thinner arrow. Yeah. Uh, we so all know. Yep. Tournament pressures, things tighten up a little bit, and it can go. For me, it can go bad really quick if I'm shooting a fat arrow. Yeah, I've actually, I've played around with the fat shafts and the RZs, and I went to the RZ last year. Um, mainly, I shot. I actually shot Demers arrows at Lancaster because mine weren't done, and yeah. um, all right, I didn't. I don't even think I had them yet, and. The forgiveness of that smaller arrow versus a bigger arrow is definitely there but and that's what i guess that's where the like shooting under pressure and stuff like that can come in where an uh, a 23 or a 22 diameter arrow that's a seven or a six with that with that rz exact same shot could be a uh, like a right side nine or an eight yeah it it, uh, it definitely happens there's no question and, you know, some people like shooting the fat shafts. I know there's quite a few guys that do really well with them. It's just 
I visit them every year and I just go back to the thinner shafts. Yeah. I'll have a couple of rounds where I shoot crazy good scores and then the next score is like, what happened? And I feel like my shot wasn't that bad. So just for me, that's what works. And these come in at 16.3% front of center. So right there, kind of with my outdoor arrows. So I don't know if that's just a magic number for me or what, but, um, but that arrow. And then I, some people, I saw a couple of questions also, which heavy arrows compared to lighter arrows. And this is one that I shoot for like NFAA trad class. It's, uh, it's almost full length. It's like 32 and a half. Um, it's a 600 grain arrow. And the thing, the, I think the biggest factor with shooting a, a heavy arrow compared to a light arrow is you have to stay in the shot. I mean, it's, it's, you got to have a good bow arm, I think, to shoot a, to shoot a heavy arrow. Um, that's my personal opinion. It takes longer to get the arrow out of the bow. Um, but I know some guys that shoot really well with heavy arrows. These actually shoot really good for when I put a stabilizer on my bow. And, but these are like, I think they're 150s with 80 grain stainless inserts. So they're pretty heavy up front. And these are actually 18% front of center. So I think, I don't know if that's, <laughs> I just thought it was really strange that they were all within 2% front of center. Um, but, you know, this is another probably probably pretty common indoor arrow. Just somebody if somebody likes to shoot something heavy, and these are like a, a hybrid diameter. They're they're not a micro, but they're a 204, I think, um, inside diameter. Mm -hmm. But really, that's the biggest differences for me from indoor to outdoor. Of course, you're crawling down the string, um, but I don't mess with tiller. I always leave my tiller even because I've. <laughs> You know, you start chasing your tail and then one thing leads to another and then you got a bad tune. And so I just like to leave my bows at even tiller and crawl down and just adjust knock height and then center shot and all that stuff. It's pretty close. Actually, for my indoor setup to outdoor this year, I don't even think I really messed with my plunger. Plunger tension, it was just all right there. So it actually worked out pretty good. But I think you know the the bow I'm shooting is is pretty forgiving, and so I mean that's probably part of the reason I don't have to do a bunch of tinkering with tune or anything like that. But so currently, what bow are you shooting? What is your setup? Right now, I'm still shooting. I'm gonna. I plan on shooting the 25 inch Exceed with the extra long limbs, um, and I'll go from there. We'll see yeah, what that's happens. A nice, that's a nice setup. I shot that setup as well. I, I prefer the 27, but I, I only got to play with them a little bit. And um, I do have a little bit of a longer draw than you. So I run in, you know, it just seems like when you have that, if you're like a 30 plus inch draw, it definitely seems like it no longer helps. But, um, you know, to each their own, you know, you have a little bit more forward, forward anchor. Yeah, than so I'm like 29 and a half, um, typically. Um, so it's not a really long draw, but for me, it, it just works. You know, some people see my alignment and they're like, Ooh, you gotta fix that. But it, it just works for me. <laughs> I may have, we may have had that conversation, but it, you, can't deny, you can't deny that it works. And you know, you're, it, that's a biomechanical thing. So even from indoor to outdoor, you still keep that forward anchor. I can't, honestly, I, I can't get my body in that position. Yeah. I've tried. 
and my it just it doesn't like it doesn't like it it doesn't seem to work yeah um so you know everybody's built differently so what works for one doesn't work for another one um it's not textbook but it, it it works um but yeah that's really all it that's my differences from indoor to outdoor um you know it's, i i don't know if you want to touch on that anymore or well i think i think you you covered you covered the gist of it i mean that and that's a question that's often asked from season to season or you know what's your equipment or what changes um just run down your bow your bow equipment and across like top down what are you what are you shooting give me every detail now like the hoyt exceed with the the velos extra longs um i might play around with some longs i might play around with the 27 inch riser we'll see how it goes um i have to build a string if i want to do that but um plunger rest. string yeah string is uh i make my own 8125 and i use halo um and it seems to work. I haven't really played around with anything else. Um, it's just all reliable, I guess. And then um, my rest is a, it's a, usually I'll either shoot the Spig ZT or the map. I've been shooting the map. I, I kind of, the map is basically a Spig ZT, but it's got a little adjustment for drop away, which I've kind of blocked mine out because um, I think at Outdoor Nationals, actually, I did have a little bit of drop in it just to give it a little bit of cushion. Um, so, but if we're indoors, I pretty much lock it out because it's heavier arrow. Um, <clears throat> my plunger, I go between an arc and I'm, I'm, I've been shooting a Whiffler, um, the map or the MP1. And so I'll probably shoot that for indoors. We'll see, we'll see how it goes, but it's, it's working out well. Um, and the grip is the um jaeger dimmer grip the jd3 grip whatever it is um seems to work well for indoors and outdoors so i don't really see a need to change it's got good grip on it um which i don't like a slippery grip and that's pretty much it and a yoast tab and a yoast tab yeah you cannot forget that and i you know i think one of the biggest differences i used to make my own tabs before this year and i switched to eric's tab um like last fall and it's it probably helped quite a bit so yep great people too i may or may not have my hands on a prototype uh ergonomic plate that goes on the back side of the yoast tab that fits in your fingers oh helps to prevent extra movement of the tab and promote more stability um to put in a very small microscopic explanation of what's happening there, and I've been trying that. Um, we're working on some things with Eric and Paul to bring a little bit more of the Olympic recurve world to Barabow, some of the things that are popular there, some of the options that are available. So it's something while, while I'm still playing with, it met, it's changed my hook a little bit, um, <clears throat> well, but, again but going and the reason i bring that up now is because like you said about how that's a big that's a change just in the yoast tab alone having that plate the brass plate i love personally but with keeping it from moving so when you start to and i'll explain a little bit when you fill these voids so we make our hook right when you fill yeah. the voids in in the in the hand and allow that 
tab to not jockey at all. You get super stressful. You, you know, you clench your hand more than normal or you go, I have a tendency actually when I get relaxed to get too far out this way, I get, I get like mm -hmm. out here cause I have a really deep hook. Um, you know, so we're, we're working, we're working on some things there to help shooters be more consistent. Yeah. You know, I don't, you know, and, and this is a little outside of the indoor outdoor change, but like my hook doesn't change from indoor to outdoor at all. But if I can get one thing and, and get my hook and my release as repeatable as possible, that includes my setup though. And I, I wanted to ask you about that. Do you notice when you do crank the, well, I think you mentioned it before. So you said about the higher weight, you feel like you have a cleaner release. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I'm the opposite of you. <laughs> I like, I, 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 higher weight makes me a little bit more panicky. I like to be as comfortable as possible at full draw. And I'm right now, I think my biggest transition or my biggest thing that's helped my scores go up is like my concentration at full draw. I don't even look at, I don't even aim anymore. Like I aim, it's there, but my call, my concentration is right here. Yeah. Just letting the string do this. That's it. Like that's probably like my biggest, like if I was chasing a, a golden pony right now, that's it. Do that on every shot. When you change your poundage, do you notice your release change? I don't think so. I don't, I actually, I wish I could shoot more. I wish I could shoot like 45 pounds because I feel like I have such a good crisp, clean release with that. And I spent last year, I spent a lot of time just working on my release. I would go out and say, okay, I'm all, all I'm working on is just release. I don't care what else happens. Just release, just release. And it's, I don't even really think about it anymore. Like getting a clean release because I'll have one or two plucks in a round, but I can handle that, you know, like compared to fighting other issues. So it's, it's kind of, for me, it's, I don't know if it's just the amount of work I put in or it's just something that I don't even think about anymore or what, but um, the release is like least of my worries. Usually I'm focusing on my bow arm staying in the shot. Yeah. Um, follow through. I struggle with it just a little bit um, where I'm not following through my, my draw arm sometimes. And I kind of have to touch on that. Throughout the round, I'll be like, okay, I need to work on this a little bit. I need to be thinking about this or watch this. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because it's not usually just one thing. You know, it's, it would be nice just to show up and shoot, but um, it's a hard thing to do because <laughs> there's always something that starts slacking, get lazy, like your bow arm gets a little lazy or, like, you, you know, your release gets a little plucky or, or something like that. Um, but – yeah yeah i'm right there with you um i know a lot of people don't i don't i don't working on your release having an amazing release is working on your release is never a weakness you're not wasting your time yeah I don't, I don't and i think that there's a lot of barebow shooters out there that they don't work on their release they're so caught up in the target panic issue that they don't realize that the efficiency of your release. Like I know you, you said that like right now you don't have to think about it, but the efficiency in your release helps to combat the bad shots. Like 
And that's, that's the way I always try to explain it. It's like, listen, if you got to break down your shot into components, you need to work on all of those components. You need to concentrate on the ones that you're struggling with. And that may change from the indoor to outdoor game and vice versa. Things change. Like I aim different indoors than I do outdoors. Yeah. Outdoors, I'm much more relaxed when there's like no conditions and it's perfect weather and stuff like that. But when it's raining and windy and stuff, you have to shoot a stronger shot. You have to be more into the aim then because it's 14 mile an hour wind gusts and you have to aim in the seven range. Like it's, but indoors, we have controlled conditions. So you, might be able to float it a little bit more and I don't have to worry about the aim as much even though the target's smaller but I can be more into my release and you know people don't like what's what don't they don't define all of those individual components of their shot they don't know what it's supposed to feel like so they just shoot and kind of hope it's going to get better yeah like you said you spent a majority of your time, a lot of your time over the past year on your release. And it's not a surprise that you had one of the best years or the best year of your competition. Oh yeah, by far. Yeah, by far. Um, Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's really what you have to do. You can't go out and practice and work on multiple things at one time. You have to like, you have to shoot a lot. You have to say, okay, I need to, today I'm just going to focus on grip pressure. And because, you know, once that, I mean, that causes issues too, or bow arm. I need to focus on bow arm. So, I mean, you have to go out and you have to work for different parts of your, your shot. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's great stuff. And I'm glad we got to touch a little bit upon process from indoor to outdoor because, or outdoor to indoor, because it, you know, there's a lot of people that don't only shoot indoor. They don't shoot outdoor at all. And then there's guys like Rick who Rick only shoots indoor because it gets a little bit cold and, some big shoots to shoot but he could shoot <laughs> meter all year long if he wanted to you know yeah. where else in the northeast and where you're at like we don't get that option i'm not shooting 50 meters out and i'm just no. not going <laughs> i love it's, for us it's majority we shoot indoors more than anything yeah 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 for sure and but indoors is also i think it's important that people even if you don't like it if you're a 3d shooter or you're a field shooter or you only i think the indoor game is it's kind of a there's a growth mindset to it if you can get better and better at indoor the other stuff is going to improve because indoor is freaking hard yeah i think indoor for me indoors causes the most stress yeah. it's the most anxiety it's the most it's a grind it's a mental yeah it, it is it's a grind because there's no excuses you can't blame the weather you can't blame the wind you can't there's no excuses um, but I think shoot if you shoot a lot of indoors, it makes you a lot better shooter overall. Definitely. I mean, because it shows all the weaknesses. You shoot that forty centimeter feet of face, and it's it shows all it shows all your weaknesses. So, um, but yeah, I I I think all the good shooters, if you shoot good indoors, you can shoot good anywhere. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and I think another thing that that we we will learn and for new shooters that are improving, we'll see is that in indoors you shoot in closer proximity to people, so it's a little more uncomfortable. Um, cameras are right on top of you instead of like even like Chrissy found out at nationals, and like the camera came up on the one end, and like her heart just started pounding, and she got she got a little like antsy, and you know she got through it and then realized like. It's not a big deal. Like, she, and I think that's probably one of the things with Chrissy that we're seeing 
because she's already got a consistent shot and all that other stuff, but we're seeing like her, and I call it um, either like shooting maturity. Her approach is changing because that stuff isn't a big deal to her. And then indoor, it's we're all closer. Everything's compact. Well, this year things might be different. <laughs> we'll be socially distanced yeah. or whatever. You know, but the cameras will still be around and they're like literally four feet behind you as opposed to back behind the waiting line, you know, like in an outdoor, like you have all that space behind the shooting line. We were shooting next to each other and we were like a mile apart at nationals, but you go into indoor and it's, it's this year will be different, but ordinarily it's not, um, you know, and that's, so that's, that's the thing. Like there's people constantly on top of you and watching it doesn't go away you know so yeah and that's it's almost you almost have to look like look at shooting indoor um as a training it's like more training than not like it's just going to make you better embrace the suck and do it yeah yep exactly i mean confidence is huge for me if i go into a shoot feeling pretty confident or i start out the day shooting well it's I that's that's huge for me is, is shooting confident you know and how do you get confidence I mean you just have to shoot a lot have to watch your scores play with your tune um, try different arrows that's another thing is I might try going into an indoor season I might try 30 different tunes different weights different point weights different arrow links different spines different fletchings you know it's and it's you know it's I think a lot of people grab some arrows and they they string up their bow and they go shoot. And I'm like, man, just you should spend a little time looking for a better tune because you see that arrow come out and it's you know it's porpoising and <laughs> um, you know. And I I try to help those people, but yeah. I mean, and it it takes a while. It does. It's it takes a while to figure out what you need to do to get your equipment working properly or have a coach that knows what they're doing like you that can look at a look at a bow when they shoot it and say whoa we need to look at this um that's that's huge um but yeah yeah man i think i think we definitely definitely answered the question um and touched on some other stuff involving the indoor outdoor game and you know, that's, that's the purpose of this little short mini series. Um, you know, we'll, and, and for those, for the listeners, you know, we're going to, I'm sure that you will end up being back on again, especially if you see a question out there that just pops out at you, you know, 35, 40 minutes, man. And we can, we can hammer it out. Um, Grayson's looking at some, John, obviously looking at some, we're going to, we're going to recruit some other guys um, throughout throughout the industry and throughout barebow and maybe even you know some product stuff to to explain the in-depth put, put the knowledge out there and I mean knowledge is power and everything and I think that the barebow project our goal has been from day one to provide that learning opportunity and that's really what this is is for somebody to get inside your brain and hear the your approach I mean you're coming off winning you didn't win indoor nationals but you won Vegas you won the classic you won the u.s open of outdoor nationals um and you were in the mix of everything else so you know there's no better and you've been how long have you been at this game now dilly i think like uh barebow like six years but i've shot compounds like my whole life pretty much 
Um, so some of that is was carried over, obviously, but yeah, there's also some bad habits. But um, yeah, about six years, and it's really taken me probably that long just to figure out some tricks as far as tuning and what works for me. I just I recommend just make little changes. Don't make try to make huge changes. Um, like when you're with your shooting or with you know your tune, you'll end up just chasing your tail. Um, just baby steps, I guess. You know, try to soak in as much knowledge as you can, um, but at the same time, don't be afraid to try something different. Um, I don't know. 2020 was a really good year for me, even though it's always been crazy. Um, hopefully, I can carry that over to next year. You know, I just have the same mentality. There's really no expectations. I just shoot as much as I can and hopefully I'm prepared enough, you know, so yeah. that's the thing. Just, All right, man. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out um, between fishing and, and uh, your disc golf season retirement. And yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It's uh, you know, I know I'm, I'm starting to get the bug to shoot again. So it's been a nice break. My body feels good. My shoulder feels good. My elbow um, you know, when you're shooting, you know, a hundred arrows a day, at least you, you start feeling a little something, especially when you get a little older, but yeah, everything is, is feeling good right now. So I'm kind of excited to get into this 2021. So yeah, me too. It's, it's, uh, it's, I think it's going to be a good year. I, it sucks that the tournaments are the way they are. And there's a lot of questioning out there, how things are going to work, but Hey, I mean, we get to compete in N NFAA remotely we hope i don't know what's happening with indoor nationals yet the classic is going to happen um you know so yeah it's, it's all going to work itself out i'm i'm looking forward to it I've, it's definitely going to be a year to remember just with the craziness that we've been through so hopefully that stuff flies down soon but that's your fault for winning the classic the first big <laughs> you set the tone for 2020 you jerk <laughs> yeah the world's gone crazy. I win the classic in Vegas. It's oh, like, yeah. what's going yeah. on in the world? <laughs> I'm going to let you go. Tell your wife we said hello. Um, and uh, I'll catch you in the kayak next time for the next question. All right? Sounds good. It was just too cold out there. So I was, I was freezing. Yeah, so. no, I get it. I get it. No worries. No worries. We'll, we'll figure it. We'll get one in the kayak. Maybe even just like Get yourself like a kiddie pool and put it in the kayak. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Great. Thanks, so Thanks for everything you do for uh, the bareboat community also, by the way. So, no, no job. I honestly enjoy it. I mean, I get overwhelmed and, and I do a ton of stuff and I think everybody knows it. I just, you know, between my own program here in Pennsylvania and the shop, work and just everything. And, um, but I enjoy like the educational side, I enjoy the, the knowledge side of it. And I enjoy communicating that either as a coach or online or through the podcast or, or whatever. But it's just, you know, compound has a ton of it. Olympic recurve has a ton of it. You can go all over and I'm taking my level four right now. So yeah, I saw but, that. but Bearbo really doesn't. And you know, with between like you and Demers plethora of knowledge and Grayson's way to articulate everything. Like he's, he's so good. I wish I could get him on more, but you know, Grayson's just busy. And you know, there's a lot of people out there that have this gift um, like you guys. And 
there just needs to be a way to communicate it and to help get make barebow better and and american barebow i mean and i've said it before ultimately my goal is to grow all of barebow but like i want to see the american side of things improve and i think scores have gone up you know just in the last year i think the i think the scores have i mean that's naturally going to happen i'm not saying that it's because of us but we are definitely putting out more barebow specific information than has ever been provided and that's the goal yeah there's way more information than there used to be that's for sure so all right dude i um i'm gonna bounce thank you so much we'll talk to you later thank you frank yes sir talk to you later goodbye so everybody um thank you so much for watching and special thank you to all of our sponsors yost archery products jaeger archery products XS Wings, and we have a new sponsor coming, um, but we'll announce that at a later date. Um, we have a few others, and if you are interested, if you're a company, or if you have a small company, you just want to sponsor a couple episodes, reach out to us at thebarebowproject at gmail.com, and we can talk about it some more. We want to support the small companies and the big companies as much as we can. So, um, you know, reach out to us, and uh, thanks again for watching.